0: Hey, I'm Abigail and this is Pete Curiosity. This week I have my friend Sarah Falcon. She actually homeschools six kids, none of them are hers, which we talked about quite a bit in the second half. I thought that this is a timely subject, being that a lot of new families will be homeschooling this year, so she does list some pretty cool resources. In other news, this awesome theme music that you're hearing, my husband Jordan made for me. Also. I made a Gmail account, so if you have any questions or feedback, you can contact me there. It's peakcuriositypod at gmail.com. You can also leave comments on Apple, and if they're funny enough, I'll probably read them on the podcast. And if you like any cute pictures of my cats or any current house projects I'm working on, you can follow me on Instagram at Abigail H. Carlson. Enjoy the show!
1: So where did you grow up? So I actually grew up in three different locations. Um, I was born in Sacramento, California. Um, And then we moved to Hawaii and I was there for, we were there for like three years. How old were you? So I was like two and a half when we moved. So like the early phases of that, I don't really remember. And I was five when we came back to California and the latter years, I remember a lot of, because, um, you know, not every kid gets to live on a boat for a little bit. And oh, that so you was lived on a boat in Hawaii. Yes, but not the whole time, not the whole three years or anything. Gotcha. Nothing quite that dramatic. Just um, just for a couple months between living in different rentals and stuff like that. So, Okay, I see,
0: I see. Okay. So what did your parents do?
1: So my parents, um, well, my mom's a stay at home mom. So that part's easy to describe. Um, but my dad, when I was younger, he did a variety of different work here and there. And then I was probably around six. The first time I remember him getting his IT first IT related job. And, um, and today he's still in network security is what he's yeah
0: so what did he do to learn computers when they were first becoming a thing
1: he messed around with them he just played with them i mean he yeah he just had a knack for it to begin with and it wasn't until much later that he started working towards some certifications and he never got any kind of college degree in it he just had an tremendous amount of skill naturally and then basically kind of tinkered with it until he felt like he had greater knowledge (laughs) and continued um, messing around with it yeah gotcha
0: that's pretty cool and does he work at a hospital now
1: yes he works um, helping in the IT department there and working network security there um, at St. Alphonsus so
0: um, your mom, did she teach you guys everything? She homeschooled everything?
1: Yeah, initially, it was more of a um, because the schools in the area we were in in California were not great. and it was more of a, I can't send my children there for now and so I can kindergarten teach them and you know, and the older we got, um, the areas weren't a lot greater. And so it was just kind of a continuation of that. And um, eventually, when we were a little bit older, it became more of a, well, we've seen what the public school is putting out and let's do something different than that.
0: Yeah, seems totally reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and did you like being homeschooled?
1: Yes. I think there, were, there was a time where it was like, why am I the odd kid out kind of thing, but the older I got, the more I appreciated it and the freedoms it allowed and being able to be finished with school early and play outside longer and things like that. Um, the older you get, the more you value that. For sure. For sure. So, um, do you feel like you
0: had any big blind spots in your education?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know that I really felt like I had any blind spots. I feel like there's always more you can learn. Um, I felt like my mom did a really good job for having no idea she was going to homeschool. Mm-hmm. Um, and and was, did she just uh, graduate
0: high school? She didn't have any degrees, or did she? So she, she
1: did. Um, she actually started to go to school for um, architecture and design, hmm. and. Um, she got her associates and didn't quite finish her bachelor's, so. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So she would have been in um, architecture design and interior design. <laughs> <laughs> huh. So, And she didn't do any of
0: that, it looks like.
1: No. <laughs> and then she was like, if I had known that i would have ended up teaching my kids i would have gone for a teaching degree or you know some kind of classroom management something but um that's not what happened and of course she didn't know ahead of time and so she just kind of went with it learned as as she was teaching Mm -hmm. us so
0: yeah i feel like i definitely had a pretty big blind spot in science i just do not have a science brain i when i was trying to learn chemistry it was like Okay, so math is one thing, but it's fairly concrete. Now I'm just adding letters, (laughs) and, like, sometimes they make totally new letters. I I don't understand. So uh, science was pretty hard for me. Probably should have taken some other – gotten some outside help on that. But
1: Yeah. I think often, especially to those people that was, like, they weren't homeschooled themselves, but they were suddenly for reasons that hadn't been there before trying to homeschool their own kids – um. there were these definite specific blind spots and uh, they realized they didn't realize yet that you could ask for outside help from other moms that maybe did know more or did have a college degree or just had a heart for certain specific subjects that they weren't themselves well versed in.
0: Right. Yeah. Like the co-ops and stuff. Right. Yeah.
1: Those can be very helpful. Yeah. So uh, how many siblings do you have? So I've got four siblings. I have three sisters and a brother. And what number are you? So I'm number two. Um, I have one older sister, two younger sisters, and a baby brother who's yeah now grown up and a, a dad <laughs> himself. Yep. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, how was your home life? So my home life growing up was really... I felt like very balanced, all things considered. Um, My parents grew up in very, very secular homes. And so they were kind of first-generation Christians in a lot of ways. They had some Christian influence here and there by specific people, but really grew up very secular. And um, so for them, like as first-generation believers, I think it was – They were doing the best with what they had to work with. And Mm -hmm. um, so they really, everything came from a point of wanting the best for their kids. Not trying to deprive them of something or manipulate them in some way or make them into something. But just from a lot of grace and love. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: So um, I met you, I think you were 29. So what did you do in those years between high school
1: and 29 dun 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 um so after graduating um I was 19 I think when I went on my first trip to Romania and I spent two and a half months there the first time I went and I worked at a children's ministry camp and that was like a huge growing experience for me. Seeing the world being completely apart from my family for two and a half months after never spending a week away from them Mm -hmm. was a really interesting experience. (laughs) (laughs) And um, learning a different culture and being completely immersed in it in a way that most Americans never get the chance to be, even if they get to travel abroad. And so that was really cool. And then seeing how an actual mission on a foreign mission field runs and um was great and then of course I was working at a children's camp so I was working right alongside kids which is kind of where my heart and my passion is anyways and so I felt like it was a really maturing experience and then from that point real uh, quick yeah what was the language situation there did you know any Romanian before you moved nope (laughs) nothing like um I think my my dad had spent two weeks in Romania when I was 12 and so he knew like five words or something (laughs) well that'll get you real far yeah so he knew how to say like thank you and please and where's um, the bathroom yeah and where's the (laughs) bathroom and that was about it like there was a couple of phrases he knew and um and that's pretty much where it ended and my mom had really encouraged me because um, it was kind of a wild trip to get me there. I had no desire to be in Romania at all. That was not a country I would have picked, um, but it was totally the hand of the Lord. Like, I look Romanian, and I fit in so well that, like, nobody knew I was an American unless I started speaking English. Um, so that was kind of fun. <laughs> I better uh
0: Google Romanians too. Yes.
1: Uh, You're like, okay, wait, what do they look like? And so that was just like really a fun thing. And then I tend Kinda to kind of sp-
0: paler skin, yeah, dark hair. Yeah,
1: very dark hair usually um paler skin just a little bit more petite well you did
0: not turn up on google images so i reject (laughs) the idea that you look romanian
1: well i definitely didn't dress romanian but that's a different story (laughs) um and so anyways like looking a little bit european and being able to blend in was a weirdly helpful thing that i would never have thought would have come in handy But Americans aren't exactly popular in Romania. It's like there's this allure of America and the freedoms we have in America. But the idea of like when Americans come to Romania, they think they're going to be super loud and obnoxious people because as a culture, we are kind of loud. And I actually tend to be pretty quiet unless Mm -hmm. I need to really talk or I just have a a quieter or I try to have a quieter personality and so especially when I was younger and so I just blended in very well and that was that was really cool
0: nice so did you get to do any other recreational stuff while you were there or was it pretty mission-based only
1: I think I had one weekend the first time I went that um we did some like sightseeing there's a couple of places that aren't far from where um we were staying they were like about a two-hour drive or so and so we went and saw um what I was told was the tallest cathedral in Europe but I'm not really sure that that's true but it's I think it is one of the tallest um wooden wooden cathedrals because it's completely wood like and it has this yeah it's so so tall and it's all wooden shingles all the way up so i'm not really sure how they maintain it the top is super steep Um, (laughs) but and then like not far from there there's this really special graveyard that's called the happy graveyard and we went and toured that (laughs) Um, so that was very entertaining and um a different look at a culture that's not my own but The first time I went, I didn't really do much sightseeing at all. The second time, we definitely got to do a little bit more sightseeing.
0: That's good. That's good. So what came next?
1: So what came next was um, we actually found when I got back, um, we were able to plug into a church for the first time in a long time. Um, My dad had been preaching, and we had kind of been doing home church with a couple of families, but not really on purpose, just because we hadn't found anything. And we kind of hit this phase where we were like, we really need to be plugged into a church body. And mm-hmm. so we went looking for a church and we found Valley Christian in Fruitland. And it was, like I said, the first time in a long time that we had been able to really be around Christians on a regular weekly basis It was probably, I don't know exactly how it came about, but several months into being there, and I know it was after we had joined, um, I started helping out with youth ministry. And originally it was just more of, there are teenage girls and the, the couple that was helping lead the youth group or was in charge of youth group had three sons. And they were just kind of like, well, we have no idea what to do with teenage girls. Mm-hmm. And um, we have no idea how to reach them. <laughs> <laughs> and We've got three boys. What do we do? We just, we really need somebody to be involved in their lives. And we don't want it to be us because we have three sons. Mm-hmm. And um, so I kind of started volunteering. And it wasn't really something I saw myself doing beyond helping here and there. And then it just kind of started progressing from that point. So I was helping run the young teenage girls' side of youth ministry. And that's when the youth ministry kind of took a pause. And I went back to Romania for almost nine months, not quite. And I think it was on that trip, really, that I felt like I'm definitely supposed to be working with these teenage girls, especially, but there wasn't anybody running youth ministry. And when I left the second time, it temporarily shut down. And so I was mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. this is something that's needed. I mm-hmm. need to be involved in this. And for whatever reason, they listen, whether it's relationship, <laughs> like that I'm trying to interact with them, or whether God's using me to say something, I don't really know. But I'm involved and they care, so that's important. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of where we were at at that point.
0: Nice. Now, doesn't the Bible say that women shouldn't teach? Yeah,
1: so that's a good question <laughs> or a thought or remark. I
0: thought like, oh, churches are really strict. Like women shouldn't teach because they aren't good enough or whatever. Who knows? I don't really know why it's in there. But then, oh, but I
1: guess you're good enough for the kids. <laughs> right. So there's a couple of like different things that went into this. So I was raised very conservative Christian and frankly, I didn't even grow up, I never, I think I had attended a youth group like once a year when we were up visiting friends. Um, we didn't believe in youth ministry, we, like as a family, right? Um, and certainly did not believe in women in any form of a leadership position. And so it was really very grudgingly, if you will, that I was like, oh. Maybe this is something that God's opening this door. And, you know, there are definite pros and cons to it. Like, I think that when it's mentioned in scripture, there's a couple of things that go with it. Paul talks about not usurping the man's authority there, and not, you know, you're not challenging and you're willingly submitting yourself to the accountability of those elders that are above you or. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important anyways. Um, We should always have people that we're accountable to that are around us. But also, um, I don't know, God just opened this door. And I felt like it would have been foolish if I hadn't have followed through with that. There were teenagers that were hurting. And that me being in my early 20s, I was able to reach them in a way that a lot of married couples maybe wouldn't have, or a lot of mm-hmm. couples that already had kids of their own, yeah, um, couldn't have reached them the same way. So that's kind yeah. of yeah, it's true because sometimes,
0: at least I noticed that there was a point where you were a cool adult, <laughs> but then at a certain age, probably like thirty-five, you became a boring adult <laughs> who also didn't remember anything about what it was like to be a teenager so there's a good medium
1: yeah for um youth group i think yes and just as a side note though i have to say so one of the cons to being a woman in ministry besides it being like a weird thing and trying not to be like this i'm this feminist like woman can do anything (laughs) and be, like, humble and gentle about being in a leadership position and not letting it all go to our heads was that it was really hard when Walter and I got engaged. um, Okay. Because I was really torn in a way I never expected to be. But uh, before that point, it would have been like, oh, well, I get engaged. I'm going to go wherever my husband wants to go to church, and I have no problem with that.
0: Oh, and
1: um, being super involved and being on staff at a church made that very difficult and something that I really wrestled with in a whole different way. Yeah, I so, can see that. Yeah. So it was much yeah. harder to So you got that married out.
0: and changed churches?
1: I did. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. did you get married
0: at 29 or 28?
1: 28.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so my biggest question about this <laughs> is how does one get married that old And then not be so set in your ways that you're just so stubborn. Because I am so stubborn. (laughs) I don't see how this would work if I had waited to get married.
1: So I think God has such grace on us. (sighs) Um, (laughs) That's fair. Walter and I are seven years apart. And I think, oddly, our age difference came as a great advantage to us. First of all, Walter is like the... Oldest young man I know. <laughs> like, he has mm. such a mature spirit, and I, I like he's ridiculous and he loves to make these ridiculous jokes here and there, and he loves to play devil's advocate. But like he has a heart for things that are way beyond his years, mm-hmm. and um, that really stood out to me. But also, when we first got married, the fact that he was so i, I don't know how to, exactly how to word this but like pliable if you will there was a flexibility with him that like where i wanted to be like no this is the way i've always done things and this is the way it needs to work or this is the way things need to happen and he was just so gentle mm-hmm. um that i was like well i guess i just need to die to self here obviously <laughs> And so it, like, there was this very gracious gentleness that came from Walter's side that was very unexpected to me when we actually did get married because I thought, oh, well, he's going to lack some maturity or something like that. And really that wasn't what I found. I was the one who was lacking. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I found that it was really easy to be married – to Jordan because you hear all the, I don't know why people think it's so helpful to come tell you that the first year is going to be the worst year of your <laughs> life and because you're like thanks this mm-hmm. is so helpful but Jordan was really easy to live with the the only thing that really took me by surprise was that I didn't realize how routine oriented he was and so he would get so grumpy if he didn't get his shower first thing in the morning <laughs> and he kind of realized like oh sometimes an adult schedule doesn't always allow that my morning doesn't get to be exactly how I want it but at first it was so funny to me that if don't talk to me till I get out of the shower (laughs) yeah
1: but he was really easy to live with is easy to live with I thought it was so funny I think I was because I was so much older I was like terrified of that first year Mm. I was like oh all hell is gonna break loose and you know we're gonna get in uh, yelling matches or something and you know there'll be all these weird dynamics to figure out and really um I was so shocked <laughs> I was like, like oh is this, is this so what fun. marriage is about wow this is great this is amazing and I'm sure that we will go through rough seasons and hard times and things like that but really um I felt like we were so blessed in our first year of marriage
0: yeah So homeschooling is the big thing here. So yeah. you homeschool six kids and none of them are yours. Right. Um, and what, it, how, uh, <laughs> I just
1: don't understand how one gets involved in homeschooling other people's kids. Right, okay, so this is a super unique, there are a lot of things about me that are really, really normal, <laughs> you know? And this is just something that's super different and unique. Yeah, I, I do homeschool six kids. I take care of seven total, but one is three years old, so he's not really in school yet. Mm-hmm. And I we got involved in it really not on purpose at all. You could call it a God thing, but it was like one door opened and then another. And some of them took a couple years, and some of them it was like, oh, whoa, okay, that's there. We're going to figure out how to roll with this. Mm-hmm. Um, the five- and seven-year-old I homeschool. I was already taking care of those kids when when they got to school ages. And so their parents debated about whether to put them in public school or private school or or to homeschool them. And when their mom finally decided to homeschool them, I was already working for them two to three days a week.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she asked me for some help. And really, had I feel like... Had you done
0: any of it before?
1: Yes. Oh, you had. Okay. Yeah. So I have actually had a variety of homeschool-related experience. Some of it's been terrible. (laughs) Um, and, and, And I mean that like as in I was terrible because I was so inexperienced as a teacher. I had no idea what I was doing. And I had no idea how to deal with conflict. And so those all played into being a terrible teacher. And then when I was positioned as a nanny... I say nanny being I babysit these kids. Um, I don't live with right. the family or anything right. like that. It's just a little bit more formal. When I started helping homeschool them, I wasn't full homeschooling them full time. I still don't homeschool those two full time. I tag team with their mom. She picks out all the curriculum for them. So I just help her on the days that I'm there and make sure the work gets done mm-hmm. and teach them The other four kids I homeschool, I do everything. (laughs) And that's only, again, that's really a part-time job that's two to three days a week. But I pick out all of their curriculum and am responsible for making sure everything gets graded. Everything gets, you know, their work is getting done. They're actually understanding. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely unique. Yeah, so what is the age span that you're dealing with? So, the youngest one that I teach is five, and the oldest is 14. Yeah, so that's... So,
0: <sighs> <sighs> I'm, like, heavy breathing just imagining what that would feel <laughs> like. <sighs> um, my biggest question is, like, discipline is obviously a big thing. Yeah. So, how how is that dealt
1: with so discipline yeah it is really a tricky thing especially because these aren't my own kids so bearing that in mind I don't know you know how much differently I would handle certain situations if they were my own kids but because they're not um there are definitely some interesting things that I have to do and obviously like there's no I can't whack them over the side of the head which not that I do that anyways but you know there there are certain things that's like oh okay these aren't my children and I need to remain completely physically hands off and so there are other creative punishments that you come <laughs> up with yeah you know for younger kids you know timeouts are great and things like that or taking away privileges but for older kids you know I only have them for school hours and so it's more like additional homework threats if you don't get your act together you're going to do an an additional lesson of math you're going to be stuck here a little bit longer or you're going to have to deal with you know your, your sibling or help them out with something you know you just get more creative than you might otherwise um get with discipline yeah do you have to bring in the parents for reinforcement occasionally that's a good question actually i really haven't but i really haven't been doing that this that long yeah so that may happen at some point in the future and The young lady that we homeschool, it's a little bit different. Like we've known her and her family for a lot longer and she's a lot closer to Walter and I. And so her involvement in general in our lives is a little bit different. And so there definitely has to be a lot more communication between um, her parents and Walter and I. But I think it's more like just communicating, like really communicating with the parents. Hey, there was bad behavior happening. This is exactly what went down. Now it's in your court. You're the parent. You do what you will. But just know that this is how they're behaving. So. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. um, Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, that doesn't sound too terrible. Have you had any really bad experiences or is it relatively smooth?
1: We have definitely had our fair share of issues. And I think especially it's really common when you're dealing with younger kids in general to have temper tantrums and outbursts and things Mm -hmm. like that. And learning, Boy, you
0: not, would not want to have had homeschooled me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can tell yeah. you that. I would have been a trouble kid. Yeah, learning to deal uh. with like, you know, screaming or just children walking out on you or, you know, I'm going to run away or whatever it might be. And figuring out how do we address what's actually going on here? Mm-hmm. Is this really that the kid has a bad attitude and doesn't want to do their work, which is definitely a possibility there. Or I remember a certain point in time with one of my students where they were throwing a fit. They wanted to run out and I said, you're going to sit down and when you're in control of your emotions, we'll finish your lesson and I'm going to sit with you because I'm not going anywhere. Mm. And this kid had had so much instability in their life And things constantly changing that hearing that I wasn't going anywhere, I don't even know that they realized that it clicked in their brain, but there was that was a definite Mm. day that like changed. It wasn't that everything was solved after that. There were still outbursts and there were still struggles, but they knew I wasn't just gonna leave them high and dry. Mm -hmm. And that makes an impact in kids' lives. Definitely.
0: That is a lot deeper than what I was going to say. I was going (laughs) to say that when I got frustrated and threw a temper tantrum, it was because I felt stupid. Yeah. And, And I wanted to be good at it. Yeah. I like learning. I like school. I wanted to be good at it, but then I just felt stupid when I couldn't do it. So yeah, that was why I would throw tempers. (laughs)
1: well and really that's that's not all that uncommon i mean i know i do the same thing even now like if i get frustrated with something i have to walk away for a little bit and be like okay let my brain rest i will come back to this i will conquer this yeah so so um what about this job keeps you coming back i think it's really fulfilling and super challenging constantly because every day is totally different And there's a level where you're helping mold the next generation. And it's the same thing I loved about youth ministry. like Knowing that I could be somebody that was a stabilizer in a child's life that they could come to if they were hurting or they knew this was a safe space or a safe zone that they could be who they are and be loved where they are. While being challenged to become more, and I think that's really like there's this old poem that says the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world, and I don't rock cradles, but <laughs> um, almost. But there's this point where it's like getting to have a hand in um, helping these children grow and mature, and instead of just becoming kids that understand academics, mm-hmm. um, putting that um, inspiration to be good citizens and to develop their own walk with God and to ask hard questions and be able to figure out the answers, sometimes with my help and sometimes on their own, like learning to figure those kinds of things out. Those are life skills and are so much more important than just straight-up academics, not that they aren't important, just those are much more important things.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure good reason. So I have said that you just are like an extremely safe person. I didn't even understand it because I did not know you very long, but I was just (laughs) like attached to you pretty quickly. And you've been told that by a lot of people. I have. And also that you should be a counselor or a therapist or something. Yeah. And you've thought about it.
1: I have thought about it. Yeah. But is it going to happen? I really doubt it. (laughs) So I've I've thought about it. I've even thought about, you know, um, pursuing a degree in it or at least getting some kind of certification so that I have a richer knowledge there, Mm -hmm. which I don't think that's a bad idea. But I feel like God keeps opening these weird doors with these kids and while I probably always volunteer in some kind of counseling related field whether it's impromptu or whether it's um, helping out in some kind of Christian capacity in the counseling realm I think that I have to be faithful with the doors that he's already opened Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of where I'm at
0: yeah and it, are you kind of maxed out so that you couldn't do a little bit yeah. of school? Yeah, yeah, fully I'm, maxed
1: <laughs> at the moment. Yes, like in the future, who knows? Um, I I know I love counseling. I also know that I have a tendency to take on that person's, like, over uh, over empathize there mm-hmm. a little bit, and I have to learn to let it go. And that, well, that would be training that you would get. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. You'd learn how to do that. Yes. So. We'll just kind of see what God has. I know I love helping, whether it's younger people, or oh, I'm going to knock that over there, or whether it's um, in a counseling capacity, and I just, I have no idea what God's going to do yet. Gotcha.
0: Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> it seems like what you're doing is working. So, I hope so. Like you, like you say, it's where you are, so you're going to just be faithful in it. Yeah.
1: Nice. Are you going to have kids? Oh, that's a good question. Um, That's kind of up to God, I guess. I mean, I I would love to be a mother someday, but I want it to be in God's timing, not because I'm impatient. (laughs) And I certainly don't want to, like, manipulate my husband into having children or something. Does manipulation include... Yeah, the time's clicking. Yeah, come on, (laughs) honey, I'm getting old here. (laughs) Um, No, it's something I actually um, gave to God a while ago. And I would love to be a mom. And I'm so excited that I'm officially now an aunt. But I feel like I have to be faithful. Like God's given me all these kids. And I'm like, (laughs) if I really had a kid now, could I keep up with all that I'm doing? And maybe I could. Or maybe I couldn't. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um. So I just figure when... And you know what? You could always adopt. Yes. And it... we have definitely talked about adoption. And we've even talked about foster care. And, um,
0: and
1: you, t- you two,
0: especially with Walter's background, would be, I think, really good foster parents. Because yeah. you would just understand so much more about what... The emotional, yeah, the backgrounds um,
1: are and yeah.
0: landscape is going on. It's true. Yeah. So, what are the most helpful
1: resources for homeschooling that okay. you have? I guess it's a twofold question: whether that's for the teacher or whether that's for the student. <laughs> well, <laughs> probably ideally both. So, the biggest resource, like I love teaching materials the of all Bible. kinds. The Bible. Well, actually, I wasn't going to be cliche and say goodbye, but like, <laughs> I mean, I guess I probably should, but really, I wasn't going to say that. I'm sure um, you caught my sarcasm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this book, and now I'm going to fail the title, because I believe it's called Teaching from a Place of Rest, and that was a game changer. It's a tiny book. I mean, under 100 pages or something. Right. Maybe it's just over 100 pages. I could be wrong that was such a huge relief to me when I read it because I tend to be a little bit OCD about life (laughs) and I like certain things to go a certain way and I like all the boxes to be checked and and realizing that the heart of things is so much more important than the checklist Mm -hmm. and there's some pretty great hacks in there just as you're going through life and teaching along the way um but then as a student or for this student, it's a little bit different. A great homeschool planner is awesome. Although I use mine, I think differently than most people do. I um, got to a place where I was like, I'm not going to pre-plan. Like we have a set amount of, you know, we do this subject for so long and we do this subject and then we do this. Um, but instead of writing like we need to get this lesson done this day and this lesson done that day. I write them after I've done them, and uh, that acts twofold. It it tells me what we've accomplished throughout the day instead of um, highlighting everything we've missed. Nice, but it, it puts also, a much more positive spin on the day. Yeah, and then the other thing is, I like to write in any form of improvement I've seen in each child specifically. You know, did something click for them? How was their temperament throughout the day? Um, Were they inspired by something? Um, So those, keeping track of those kinds of things, because those are just as important as the lessons being checked off. Oh, for sure, for sure.
0: And really, if you can find something that the kid is interested in, (laughs) it'll make them way more happy. Right. Yeah, very cool. Okay. Okay, so I have just a couple really. St- some of them are more stupid than others. Questions right, I that I wanted they're to, f- stupid. to finish up <laughs> the interview, and I did not send these to you on purpose because I wanted some good reactions. Oh, now I'm scared. Okay, uh,
1: what's your favorite animal? And silence. Um.
0: Well, <laughs> this well, is great
1: content. Yeah. So I don't know that I have a favorite animal. <laughs> Um, I love turtles. Like, I love turtles. I love lizards. And I love dogs. <laughs> but really, I don't love dogs as a general rule. I love my dog. <laughs> okay. So, uh, we don't have time
0: to go into why yes. you like reptiles. Okay. <laughs> um, what's your favorite article of clothing? Like, dresses or shoes in general? Maybe not a specific one. Just what type?
1: I love dresses. I really yeah. do love dresses. Maybe it's my ultra conservative upbringing. I'm not really <laughs> sure. I think most girls, if they grow up that way, they hate dresses. Yeah. And, I refuse to wear one. <laughs> yeah. And I actually love them. It needs to be the right kind of dress. Um, oh. But, yeah, I I love retro things in general. Yeah.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Um, have you seen the officer Parks and Rec?
1: I've seen Parks and Rec. You have not seen The Office. I I think I probably have seen a couple episodes, but I couldn't like tell you who really? the main <laughs> people are. This is crazy crazy
0: news. Do you have a favorite episode of Parks and Rec?
1: Oh, I don't. <laughs> oh dear. I know I'm I'm so bad with um, with TV shows. I have like one favorite TV show, which is um. Well, it's Chuck. Uh, that's oh, my Chuck. favorite TV show! It is the only TV show I have watched more than once. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I haven't don't... seen it. Is it on Netflix or anything? Um, I know it was. It's been a while. I'm not a TV person. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm like a bookworm through and through. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Uh, slightly more serious. Okay. Is pre-abraham genesis 1 through 12
1: mm-hmm. legend or history oh that is an interesting question um i believe it's history okay yeah um do you believe there are aliens oh no no i definitely don't believe there are aliens or not in any kind of a like human-ish sense i guess i don't know how to phrase that I think there, I guess there could be, like, life forms, but I think more like bugs, insects kind of thing than, like. Okay. Yeah. Coherent thinking. Okay. Cool. Uh, What or who makes
0: you feel inspired to be your best self?
1: Oh, living or dead. (laughs) 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 That is my first reaction Um, to that.
0: It doesn't matter, I guess. So,
1: I mean, Dead is my favorite <laughs> because I because the his, history inspires me, and so people from the past. Oh, not even me.
0: anyone in particular. Oh,
1: oh, well, so that could like, be. I was expecting a oh. particular person. Yeah. So I was just confused, but yes. say so, what you. So people from the past that like have come before it would be George Mueller. Like okay, he is definitely um. A huge inspiration to me. In fact, if at some point in the future I launch a Christian school, it will be named after George Mueller. So he was the guy
0: who ran that school who just prayed for things all the time and and they showed up? Yeah. Paul talks about him constantly, so... Yes,
1: yes. I absolutely love his story. And I've read several biographies on him. And a couple of things that... Like, one was an actual interview with somebody that lived during his time. And I think it's the fact that he was very real. Like, mm. he, he, despite the fact that God was doing these incredible, powerful things through him, and everybody saw this as like, wow, this must be such an amazing man. He was really very simple. And everything he did was very simple. And he asked, and God met him where he was. And I think it's because he knew how great a sinner he was. He knew who he was before he came to the Lord. And he just wanted to see God make much of him. And so it wasn't about George Mueller. It was about God. And that's what inspires me. Very cool.
0: Very cool. I know very little about this guy. So what time
1: period are we talking? We're talking about, um, oh, now I'm going to like fail you. Uh Uh-oh. a late 1800s? Mid-1800s? I believe it's mid-1800s Okay, Only in England. Well, was it as bad as you thought? Doing a podcast? Yes. Um, no. Good. I don't, I don't think it was how I imagined it in my head, um, but I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> how did you imagine it? Like a checklist of questions that had to be checked off. And like, I don't know. I think of it as like... What kind of exact curriculums do you use? Who do you recommend? Who do you not recommend? Like, um, what are your greatest challenges? What are your, like, I don't know. I just thought it was going to be so much more pressure and more rigid. Yes. And oh, but you know me. I'm not a rigid person. It's true. I did think of that. And I'm like, it's Abigail. Just remember, it's Abigail. It can't be that bad.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't
1: make you do anything
0: you wouldn't like, I would hope. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. I think I learned a lot, (laughs) at least about you, which is what I wanted to do. So, cool.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not quite sure how to end that. I mean. (sighs)